Get your brand on board with our podcast and a sponsorship campaign and get into the earphones of 100,000 plus highly engaged music and comedy fans within our show and across ACAST's other famous podcasts. I'll even come up with a creative for you. Get in touch via producerpool.co.uk and we'll have a chat about how it works. A funny taste in music with Andrew Bird. Hello, this is not Josh Widdicombe, it's not Rob Beckett. They've got their own podcasts. I'm sure you listen to it. It's a good job they've got podcasts because they're not on telly enough, are they? Um, anyway, this is uh, Funny Taste in Music, Andrew Bird, and today it's Sean Walsh. He is one of my favourite comedians, like proper observational comedy. Sometimes it's it's looked down upon, observational comedy, and I, I don't know why. Uh, he is one of the very best at it, I think, Sean. And not only that, it's not all fluffy. He's got, he's got, got a bit of anger with it, which I like. Um, he's a brilliant comedian, Sean, and I like chatting with him. I've only, I've only gigged with him a few times, but whenever I bump into him, I always like chatting with him. And he looks like he should be in a band. I'm going to tell him that. I think he'll be right with that. He looks like he should be in a band, so I'm assuming he likes music. I'm basing it all on that, really. So, um, please um, donate to the Patreon page if you'd like to sponsor this podcast and uh, pay money. Then I'm not going to stop you. I'm not here to get in your way of doing that. Um, What's the date? It's July, so it's coming home. Slip that in. It's coming home. Um, And there's some adverts coming up. Now, the other thing is, I'm going on tour in October, November. Pop on the old website, andrewbirdcomedian.com. Have a look at the tickets if you fancy that. So here we go. We're going to talk to Sean. Looking forward to this. Uh, Do you want some adverts? Come on, then. Have these. A funny taste in music. The interview next. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. I've got to say, right, as a, I'm sure you're you're comfortable with me saying this, you as a comedian, you look like you should be in a band. You know what I mean? Yes. You've got that appearance. You're happy with yes. saying that. That's a compliment. You could not be more rock and roll now than <laughs> slept in for the podcast. <laughs> I thought, when you said you've just woke up, I thought, oh, brilliant. 
He's a, he's like a rock star and everything. Probably out late. He doesn't care. That's because you've got a puppy and you've been up nurturing it like a new dad. <laughs> a lot is pathetic in a lot of ways. <laughs> I know. It is. <laughs> I know, and I've still not really. I'm sure you can tell. I've not really woken up. No, I don't, no. I don't really know what's going on. <laughs> you just get away with this because it's podcast form. But I could see you haven't got an eyeball in your head at the moment. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> this should be delirious. The first fifteen twenty minutes. I do feel a bit bad because I phoned you. And you said. I mean, if, if we could do this later, that'd be good. There's just no option. Your face at the moment is, oh, fuck, I could get away. We're not doing this now. I mean, you should have heard what I said when I hung up. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Proper motherfucker. <laughs> Don't worry, we'll plough through quick. Um, yeah, yeah. it's just a short chat about music. So you do, you do though, that is a compliment. You look like you should be in a band. Mm. You, got, you had that look... You got shorter hair now, but still look like you should be in a band. Uh, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say frontman. I look, more, <laughs> I look more rhythm guitarist, creative force. Yes, you do, but not not in a good looking way. And he's he's a good guitarist. He's got to be in the band. That well, way. well, um, you are a good looking man. But I could, do do you play an instrument? No, three and a half songs on a guitar. My wife bought me a guitar. Time consuming, isn't it? I've got comedy yeah. to write. Yes. That takes up a lot of time. I learnt, uh, I got the, I, I learnt the guitar in the lockdown. Did you really? I, um, I, 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 you know, I did the app and I can do like the, the songs where you only need three chords, but yeah. 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 That's, that's where I'm at, but you did it. You made the effort, but that's a, yeah, but that's a, yes, I can play guitar. Yeah, that is. I mean, there are people that do comedy that are worse at comedy than I am at the guitar. <laughs> <laughs> I've gigged with a few recently. <laughs> that is a that is a good way of looking at it. I like that. You I are, am. I'm a professional guitarist by all means. <laughs> yeah, you do. I'm going to say your guitar in that your guitar abilities probably don't match your appearance of what you look like you could be in a band. Do you know what I mean? You look like you should be really good. Yes. But I look like not, I look like lots of things that I'm not. I'm, I'm very, in, <laughs> I look like, I'm very interesting and complex. Yeah. <laughs> but you are, but you, I mean, that's your, that's pretty much your sourdough bread of lockdown. You've learned the guitar. You yeah. Yeah. One of the, I mean, I think we've all ticked off a cliche during lockdown. No one's cliche free. What about you? Want go on? Yeah, exactly. Go on. We've, give me a we've cliche. Gone sourdough bread. We went right right down the line. Sourdough bread. We went Joe Wicks. You know, uh, we've done a few. I um, started writing a children's novel. <laughs> <laughs> That's a niche cliche, but a cliche all the same. Yes. I'm going to write a novel. I'm going to learn guitar. Wow, you ploughed through a few of them. Yes. How was your Spanish? <laughs> I did. I went for French. <laughs> of course. Wow. But, um, yeah, so yeah. Um, I know you've probably had that a lot. You look like you're in a band. But anyway, we, we gigged together recently. Very, we just passed each other at Top Secret quick. And you said a thing. Oh, that, no. No, it was a good thing. You said a thing um, that I found you know, as a comedian, in, equally 
inspiring, inspiring and demoralising in equal measures. You did a bit on stage that you're trying to get right, and uh, and I said oh, that's good that bit. You're like nah, and I said no, nah, there's something in it, and you went fucking sick of something in it, sick of bits where there's something in it, and I was like that's exactly how I feel after gigs. You were quite angry. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking sick of something in it. I know, I know exactly what you mean. I've got bits that are probably 10 years old that I just cannot let go. There's, some, there's something there somewhere. <laughs> yes. I, um, I, I think that um, s- s- uh, just if, there, if there's something in it, I should have said it. And I didn't. So if there is something in it, I can't see it. And so if I can't see it and I'm the one that tried to see it, then is it in it? That's nicely put. Nicely put. That's one for the novel um, about comedy. Uh, No, you're right. But but what I was going to ask was, you look like, it's a good thing. You looked annoyed. So you care and you will do well. And I, I get like that. I'm like, fuck. But I was telling someone about this last night that, that summed it up perfectly. Fuck, sick of something in it. <laughs> but then, but then the other end of that, do you have that? I know you have this at Top Secret or new material nights generally where you do a new bit, gets a big laugh, maybe a bit of applause. And you think, fuck, that's a new banker. That I'll probably close on that. Never works again. Yes, of course. Yeah. It's, yes. It's being done with... A, a sort of commitment and an energy that you have failed to recreate because what happens is that when you say it for the first time it's in uh it's sort of it's as real as it can be and then when you say it the second time instead of it, it instead of it sort of what what happens what you can't recreate is it being that real and what you try and recreate is saying it the way that you said it yeah and, and that's why just saying it the second time is always hardest the fir- people go the f- think the first time is the hardest the first time isn't the hardest the second time is the hardest and and then the third time is is a bit easier yeah the second time is like you're doing an impression of yourself Exactly. And that's such a nervous um, sort of walk up. That bit where you're getting to the line that worked previously is terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what I was going to ask you is, uh, mm-hmm. uh, do you, are you one for, uh, you start, I'm sure you have at some point been one for, you know, when you have a good gig or a bad gig, what would be your a go-to song or an album? You get home. You're on your own in the house. Not now. You've got a puppy. You don't want to wake up. But <laughs> you get home and go, ah, oh, Jesus, that was shit. Or oh, that was really good. What would you? What would you? Blair. Would you put on loud? There's no. There's no um, bad music that, that that comes to mind. No, no. I don't want you to have bad music. No, no. But sorry, there's no music that. No. What am I talking about? There's no music that that um, that is played after a bad gig. All oh, right. You know, oh, I sometimes have to put something on loud to cleanse my soul. <laughs> I know what you mean. Well, this is why you're good, exactly. But the um, no, the good, the good music would be. This is the thing. I'm going to be a terrible guest because I, ha- I have, I, I'm, a, I, someone once, a doctor once told me I have 
ADHD, but it, it was in a social situation. And he said, you have to go and get, you know, professionally diagnosed, but just so you know, you do. Oh, what, what, a, what a lovely bit of company he must have been in the pub that night. But that's mate, not... Mate, yeah. le- learn to clock off. I don't need this shit. Is that what he said? Do you know him or... Yes, it was, perfect. it was a perfectly reasonable thing to say. It wasn't... Really? But yeah. You know him, though. He wasn't just in the pub. He walked past you. Oh, by the way. Do you know who it was? It was Doc... It was doc I don't know if you know... It was Dr. Rams. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. Oh, so on a, on a TV recording? And but, just... uh, well, from my time on... Um, my successful time on Strictly Come Dancing. Heard of it, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And he said there... He just casually said you had to, you should probably get it checked. If you and you still haven't, I suppose you had other things to deal with. Well, what am I TV meant? program? Well, that what wasn't am I your first <laughs> It was crazy. It was a busy year. Um, what, yeah. uh, well, I had to. Well, what am I going to do? Hi, doctor. I've, I'm told I've got ADHD. Do I? Yes, you do. Fantastic. Um. Yeah. You don't want. You're not going to take medication for that, are you? How I tell you what's quite funny the thought of you going to the doctors and saying I've been told I've got ADHD they they go they must have that all the time from people who are told from a mate or they've good of course you. and then you name drop like a mofo I don't know if you've heard of <laughs> Doctor Ranch <laughs> he's like you but with celebrity status all right Talking he does big. he does Lorraine what have you done <laughs> so get me diagnosed let's get this let's get the paperwork done can we. Well, because um, yeah. I've got ADHD, apparently, mm-hmm. as rumour has it, um, it means that obviously that I'm not organised enough to arrange... Uh, d- imagine this, if you've got ADHD. Yeah. You've got ADHD and you have to then organise a meeting at the doctor's, or an appointment rather, at the doctor's, where a doctor, you tell a doctor that a doctor has told you that you've got ADHD and you want that doctor to confirm that you've got ADHD. If you've got ADHD, that's a pretty tall order. <laughs> that all makes perfect sense. Yeah. Two things. The fact that <laughs> you didn't finish a sentence there, to me, says, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that could be a sign. And uh, and I'm worried about me now because I forgot the other thing I was going to say. I could have a bit. But um, but what, ADHD, there's quite, I think there's quite a few comedians I know of that have been diagnosed with ADHD. Oh, it just means strange childhood. Yeah, that's all it means. Said that. Yeah, lack of focus. What else? You know, but just disorganised and forget and can't. You know. Oh, that was the other thing I was going to mention: the fact what? that you were late for this. That that might. <laughs> yeah, that might be it as well. Of course. Sorry. I wasn't yeah. going to slag you off for it, and I'm definitely not going to now that I know it's an illness. It's an illness. You can't. <laughs> you should get diagnosed though, because that's a, that's for nothing more than that's a constant excuse. At the moment, people can be like, "Yeah, whatever." You get it properly diagnosed. That's a go-to, isn't it? I've been I've been more than diagnosed. I've been told by the the most famous doctor. Well, not that Doctor Who is probably the most famous doctor, but <laughs> Doctor Doctor Range. Yeah, I think it's Who Shipman Range. Yeah, <laughs> that's the order. <laughs> Strange, <laughs> Doctor Strange, no, number four. Yeah, well, um, I said I said that at Top Secret the other night. There was a, what do you think of this? Have you? Because they're very young at Top Secret, and they they um 
don't know. Some, I don't understand it a lot. I'm not on Twitter a lot. I don't know a lot about social media. I don't know if I've missed something here, but I was talking about. Well, you're basically, you're basically, if you're, you're basically pointless, and you might as well be dead. Yeah, yeah. I felt like that two <laughs> minutes into that gig. Um, <laughs> but what do you think of this? I said I was talking about. Uh, I've got this bit about male words. There's male words in everything. That's what I think annoys females. Like you know, even the word female's got the word male in it it's like that yeah it's a it's it's an observational bit i can imagine walsh liking yeah i do Uh, like thanks mate and uh and so anyway i did that bit she shouts out yeah fuck the white man (laughs) (laughs) she was she was a white girl i was like you're you're a white girl what race war do you think you're fighting and i was getting a little bit irritated by her because She'd already been chipping in and her mates, one of them had already been kicked out. They're shouting out and drunk and annoying. And then he, he goes, she works for the NHS. Like that, that's a carte blanche excuse to say whatever you want and being as annoying. And that's what I said to her. That's why Shipman was on my head. I went, well, that doesn't mean you're a good person, Shipman. That's great. Yeah, because the audience was so young, they didn't know who Harold Shipman was. No, was of course. Furious. Of course. That would have got a laugh. Yeah, do you know what? No, absolutely. Well, it was a big laugh, but I think that the top secret in its um, own right is such a such a wonderful club, and I love everyone involved. And it, you know, it 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 can be an absolutely, and it is an incredible gig. The problem, it, the problem, is when you're trying to when you're doing new stuff. Top Secret is a gig at an audience, a young audience that wants to be smashed, if you will. They want, you know, the gig wants to be torn down. And when you're doing new stuff, you're not necessarily, sort of strangely, you're not necessarily there to smash the gig. You're there to say some things. Out loud and grow up around in the dark. Totally. Yeah. And actually, uh, that's I'm not sure that's the best. I think Top Secret is a good gig to go to when you've done your joke or your routine or whatever it is, your story, a handful of times. And you go, right, this is, this is it now. It's going to be sort of this. And then top secret is the place to go. Then they should do a newish night. Yes, that Monday. But yes, exactly. A newish. Yeah, totally. It be five five times in. You have to have said this at least five yeah, times. That's really funny. That's you a, have to, that's a if, fair if, one. If, if you um, if you've said it, if you said it less than five times, you have to hold the rope. Yeah, yeah. The opposite. Yeah. It's funny that when people go, "Is it new?" and you have to justify it in yourself. You go, "Yeah, I've, yeah, yeah." It's I love in, that. It's new in that I've done it about eight times, but I'm still not confident with it. So that yes. makes it new. And then there's, then you feel like you have to go, yes, all brand new. I've never said any of it. I call that, I do that. I call it, so yesterday I was at the Bill Murray and I was doing brand new. That's what yeah, I there say. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Brand it's brand new. new. Never said out loud. And then there's yes. new. And yes. Then, and then there's been doing it years, just still not good enough that you'll sneak into a new material night. There's, there's something in it. Yeah, <laughs> the classic. Yeah. There's something in it. Yeah. That that could be a good title for a book. Oh no, yes. Seinfeld's ad, is this anything? Yeah, same yeah. thing. Totally. Yeah. Um, Trust so, it. Nail it. So, so to to sort of um, tie it up to this ADHD thing, and to sort of try and answer your question, in 
in in the hope that we'll possibly move on one day. Yeah. Uh, you have to hold the reins on this interview. I know. I don't know how to do an interview, and you've got ADHD. This is going to be a shambles. <laughs> is I sort of almost exclusively listen to Blink One Eighty Two. Really, and it's just weird. As in exclusively, as in so you don't have to, on some level, you said that like, so you just don't have to deal with choosing other music. You made it sound like that. No, no other music does it for me like Blink-182. Right, okay. I'm not going to challenge you on that. I like Blink-182. See, already I thought it was Blink-182. Yeah, Blink-182. Yes, it is Blink-182, yeah. Oh, I was going to say, as I thought as a proper super fan, you were going to correct me, that is in, well, in America, they say Blink-182. And really? over here, they say Blink-182. So it's Blink-182, really. Well, they're American, so probably that, you know. But we... We'll give yeah. them Blink-182 if they start saying football instead of soccer. How about, okay. How about, yeah. how about Biden and Johnson get together, thrash that out? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so you must have been into them for ages then. So I've been, yeah, since like I was sort of 15. And I, wow. and, and then, and, and then we had, um, we had a break <laughs> and I, in my late twenties, got back into them and saw them at Reading Festival, headlining Reading Festival, I think in 2014. And, um, that was it. And then, and then it just, you know, what, <laughs> you know what, I what, what? That was really funny the way you said that. There's something in that. <laughs> the way what? you said we've been into this band for ages then we had a break started seeing other bands yeah and then, like, like they were saying to each other have you have you heard from Walshy no, I haven't <laughs> has, he, has he been any of the gigs I don't, I don't know if he bought the latest album I'm sure I'm sure things are alright yeah and then, and then you saw them at the gig as like Bumping into an ex in a club, and then and then we just got talking again. And <laughs> yes, yeah. like, what oh, was yeah. I thinking? <laughs> well, it just reminds. I basically just remembered how happy they made me. And in your late, when you're in your late twenties, you've. I already, you know, I'm sort of like. You know, people that know me joke. I'm like, a, I'm like an old man. I'm just yeah. a, you know, like the classic. I'm just a grumpy old man. Yeah. And and Blink One Eighty Two just reminded me of of youth and energy and all those good nights and that all and it all sort of came flooding back to me. And then and then that was it. And then I'll, and then since that, I just basically, you know, I do listen to other music. But if you would say to me, "Oh, you've had a good gig," oh my god, if I've had a good gig, bang, Blink One Eighty Two. Right, nice. Well, that's yeah, I like that. Um, it, it is weird that that we've all got because when that's when people say what well, that's what is annoying in a way when people try and say one band is better than another band. It's like you can't measure it, can you? It's what band means the most to you. Totally. So like, like I my version of that is Oasis, as you'd probably guess, and um, and and I I we're, I'm more than prepared to say other bands are better than Oasis. But to me, they're the best. Like Blink-182 to you, uh, you'd probably say there's probably better bands than them, but they mean the most to you. And they remind you of that 
that bit of your youth. But I think as well, what's odd is I don't know if you if you had did you did you did you like grow up with a group of friends or whatever and you all shared your you know the music that you liked and yeah. went to the concerts? See, I didn't have that. It's been quite weird. Is that I don't really have. I've sort of I've since got to know people. It turns out you know other comics. Matt, uh, Matt Richardson likes Blink One Eighty Two and stuff. But like, I didn't grow up with friends that liked them as much as as I or even liked them at all. Actually, that made me love them more because it made them feel more mine. They feel mine. I've never, it's it's they're mine. They're mine. Yeah, they look they look point. after they look after me and they're part of my story and my journey and all of that. I love the way you talk about music. They look after me. That's a what cracking is, what, description. What is music doing if it's not doing that? Exactly. But I never thought of it like that. But it's oh, I normally think of it as a as a companion. It's a brilliant yes. companion, but looks yes. after you is even better. Like, oh, Philip well, is low. Help me, Blinkway 82. That's how it is, isn't it? Because when a, co- a companion would sort of imply that it's going both ways, and I don't think Blink-182 needs me. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Yeah. Um, they need that one sale. Yes, yeah, yes, that's but, true. Oh, you didn't... Because I had with... When I was a teen, I Because Oasis, like, loads of people were into Oasis, so it was like... But I do remember that. I remember, like, sharing an earphone with someone where you only oh. had, like, the bass... You did have like you couldn't hear the vocals properly because just echoey and <laughs> I remember that with Oasis a lot. But I did we didn't all go and see them until like a lot later because I grew up in the middle of nowhere. But I do, but I know what you mean. But then I still felt like they were just mine because there was like B sides that not everyone knew and stuff. But it is good when a band feels like it's just you. No one else knows about this. Well, totally. I think that it was. You know, they were, they are, they were, certainly, they were puerile and, and immature. And I felt like they were, because they've, you know, they, they've been going since like 1994 and, and you know, it was all sort of dick jokes. And, and, it's, and, and strangely, by the way, it's not, it's not my sort of sense of humour at all. But there was something that I felt that because it was so puerile and immature and irritating... To to anyone that that would, under, would understandably like hate that sort of thing, yeah. so I, what I would do, I was te- I was actually telling Stuart Lee this recently, is that in Edinburgh, where I felt very self conscious in Edinburgh, the festival, yeah, you know, it's a place where you're mu- you know you're much more judged that you you're much more judged than you are at a normal or certainly the likes of me would be much more judged than you would be at a normal gig or a tour show. And you're, you're judging there, yourself thanks. more as well, yeah. Probably. And, yeah. And, and, and I would play a song called um, Family Reunion, which was from a live album. Right. And um, I'd, um, the lyrics would be, excuse my French, shit, piss, fuck, Cunt, cocksucker, motherfucker, tits, farts, dirty twat. I fucked your mum. That was the, That was all it was, right? <laughs> and I would play that at the end of my show. And the reason I would play that at the end of my show was because I thought there'll be a critic who doesn't like me. The sort of you know educated 
a middle class guy who would hate me. Yeah. And he won't have enjoyed this show. And he'll take some sort of personal hatred towards me. And when I end, when the show ends, he'll think, thank God that's over. I hated that man. And he'll be relieved and he'll think he'll be past the worst part of his day. Yeah. No, you won't, mate. Because oh. you're about to listen to a song by Blink-182. They go, shit, this fuck gun. Cocksucker motherfucker tit, fart dirty twat. I fucked your mom. And, <laughs> and, and he would just hate that so much. And it would fuel his hatred of me. And it would make his evening just a little bit worse than I had already made it. Lovely. You've... <laughs> Just to make sure he's leaving with even more of a bad taste in his mouth. You just Absolutely. Go, I really respect you for that. I love the fact that you thought of that. I love the fact as you're walking off going, motherfucker, that's on. You know, uh, at least he's hearing that. Yeah. You've probably noticed him while you're on stage as well. Go, yeah. there's a reviewer. Oh, he hates me. Yeah. You've took solace as you walk off that that plays loud. Totally. Oh, that's brilliant. I've never heard of anyone thinking of their outro music at the end, specifically to piss off a middle-class annoying reviewer. That is good. That is, music at the end of a gig, we've discussed this a bit, is usually something euphoric and up for the audience to walk out to. You've tailored it to one man. <laughs> <laughs> Just to irritate one person. That is admirable. Thank you. I think so. I think Thank so. You. I think it is. I agree. I think it is. I thought you were going to say you put that on at the end just just to remind us all as human beings not to take ourselves too seriously and to laugh at ourselves. I thought it was going to be something like that, not just to piss off one bloke. So I like. Yeah. I like no, that's it. That that's it. Absolutely. Yeah. What what else should an outro music be? <laughs> it's great. That's you, really you've been, you, you've been doing it wrong. You know, <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. That's really made me rethink it. <laughs> but uh, is it Blink-182? They do really funny videos as well, don't they? Well, they do, yeah. In the, yeah, they sort of, um, I don't know about really, but well, certainly when you're a teenager and they uh, all the small things they were parodying, um, oh, uh, the back, the back strip. That was it. They, yeah. Uh, and just boy band videos generally, they did yeah, so That real close-up of him with the wind blowing yes. and it panned out and he was sat on a toilet. Yes. Yeah. So no, yeah. So, um, video. Yeah. Especially when you're a teenager, you know, it's, it's, you can't, you know, you've not seen it before. Oh my God. They're, they're taking the Mickey out of the yes. mainstream. Uh, yeah. All of that stuff that means so much to you at that, that yeah, age. Yeah. They're dangerous, man. Yeah, exactly. Exactly that. But you feel, but it's weird because it's so much at that time in your life when you're trying to, oh, probably, I don't think consciously, but you're, there's an individualism that's happening that perhaps wasn't there in your childhood, your teenager, to the teenage years and young adulthood is about individualism and identity and who yeah. am I in this world? And so for a band to, uh, you know, this sort of pop punk band to, and, 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 and at the time it doesn't feel like pop, you think you're listening to this edgy. Yeah, underground, <laughs> secret I mean, that's funny you totally. say that and you're laughing totally. at yourself. The amount of times I've done that, that I thought, this is just something I know about. I remember thinking that no one else knew about Chuck Berry except for me. <laughs> like I, 
I'd uncovered this bloke from the 50s that no one else knows about. Oh, God. Yes. The amount of times I've done that. And I've but said I to that. people, oh, you might, you wouldn't have heard of these. And they go, yeah, everyone, everyone knows them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. You've got to check out this. Ba- Don't tell it cold play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 But uh, what, so what, talk me through it then. What age were you when you got into Blink-182? What age, you know, where did you so, first hear them? So the first song that um, struck a chord was um, a song called Mutt. Now, a Mutt wasn't actually a single. Mutt was used on the soundtrack of my favourite film at the time called American Pie. Oh, yeah. And if you're wondering, Birdie, why I have two ends in my name, which you probably are and everyone is because it's really interesting, is because... (laughs) My uh, American Pie was my favourite film at the time. Stifler was my favourite character. Yep. Stifler was played by Sean William Scott, who has two N's. So I put uh, an N on my name. Nice. So American Pie was like mind blowing. Absolutely it, blew it was my an mind. Event. It was an event. It was like a like a thing that you had to watch, or you were you were out the loop. Well, it was you know like at, at that age and. You know, there's a film where there are guys that are sort of representing you and and they're talking about sex and they're talking about masturbation and you haven't quite come out to your friends yet that, that you've also had a tug. You know, <laughs> that, that period of your life. And then suddenly there's this film that's going, oh, yeah, we all do it. And you go, oh, my, I'm not the only wanker. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. Um, yeah. uh, and um, so... It, the song is used in the, in the sequence where um, Jim runs from one house to the other to get back to Nadia because she's getting changed. Yeah. Yes. Do you remember this? And he runs yeah. and he jumps over the bush and he falls. Yeah. Mutt plays then. So I got, I loved this song. Every time I was like, I really loved this song. And um, it was just perfectly pitched. It's, in, it's, you know, it's got, it's fast and Jim's running to it. Yeah. And so I got the soundtrack to American Pie. And then, you know, Mutt, Blink-182, right, who are Blink-182? And then, bang, it's sort of at the same time, there's all the small things, What's My Age Again comes out. They, they blow up. And... Um, and 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 so there and so there you have it. That's so it's Mutt from American Pie. So you felt like you were there. At the, so they got. Did they get like really big after that? Then. So you yeah. Were kind of there. Wow. I've not see. I've not done that much where I've been there at the cusp as a band gets big. I'm always after. Where I'm like, oh yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah, that, that's a good one. You were there early doors. Probably not by like most Americans. They would have been all over it. But for yes. English people. Yes, I was. I I, remember, I I showed a few. I showed a friend the Blink One Eight Two, and then and um, and he got, he bought Enema of the State, which was their the album that they they exploded with. That had all the small things, you know, you know, all the small things. Yeah, yeah, that's and, a great song. Uh, and what's my age again? And um, and then I got the album before. I got um, Dude Ranch. And I played him Dude Ranch and he didn't like Dude Ranch because Dude Ranch is, you know, it's, it doesn't have a, the, the, it doesn't have that pop quality yeah. as much as, as, as uh, Enemy of the State. And I, I remember thinking like, oh, you can't handle the, the real shit. <laughs> Brilliant. 
<laughs> How old were you then? Yeah, like 15, 16. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm alternative. I'm on the exactly. edge here. You can't have yeah. this. Yeah. You're just mainstream and pop. Exactly. Totally that. Yeah, that that is uh we've discussed this. I'm sure you you're not one you're not one to disagree with Jeff Jeff Innocent, who is. Uh he said yeah. <laughs> he said you become aware of music around the age of eight. You um uh you start liking and choosing your own music about sort of eleven, twelve maybe, but yes. fifteen is where you get your proper own taste oh. in music. So fifteen, around that age when you got in blink, that would that would be about bang on. Yes, he's probably right. Uh, uh, before Blink One Eight Two, I I was into uh, Limp Bizkit. Oh no, I've, they were I've a, terrible taste in music. No, 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 no. I won't have it said. Okay. Um, but hang on, I'm going to guess, hopefully I'm going to guess a band you like in a minute, and I'm hoping I'm going to be right. But hang on, Limp Bizkit, that, 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 that sound, they're very, they're not similar to Blink-182, but they've, no. got that, they've got that funny videos, don't take they yourself too seriously, bit rude, kids like well, them. Well, they would have been on the same, they were on Kerrang. You know, I was yeah. big into Kerrang. Well, yeah, yeah, I like Kerrang. And, and MTV2. Yeah, um, so... MTV1, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's the same it's got to be MTV too <laughs> underground um, yeah, yeah it's funny how at that age though you did think you were alternative underground against the system it's just one channel out mate <laughs> I was the same that's only just dawned on me it's the same they, they're the same owners <laughs> of this commercial TV channel yes totally um uh, and, and but, but my first favorite, my first favorite band was, uh, and that was the end of primary school, right at the end of primary school and the beginning of secondary school. So like, like yeah. Jeff was 11, 12 was Spice Girls. Fair enough. I remember and my that. friends, my, my friend, uh, my best friend is still my, um, my, my best friend Gabs. Uh, he, he was listening to Blur and, and like Oasis and all the cool. And I was. You were listening all, to Spice Girls. All over Spice Girls. I had. The Spice Girls had um, merchandise. And instead of a sticker book, yeah. they, had had, they had a photo album. Like, and you, you bought it and it was like a real photo album. And you had to collect the photos and put the photos in the photo album. And I was such a massive fan that I completed the photo album twice. <laughs> now, I know from doing TV warm-up, I can guess that you've definitely been on a panel show with a Spice Girl. I've been on a show with a Spice Girl, yeah. Yeah, and all the time she's talking, you're staring at her thinking, I, I completed the photo album with you in twice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a I, weird moment. I know. It was, I, it, was, it was with Mel B. Yeah. No, I was on the show and I didn't say anything. I didn't. No, you don't want to say that. <laughs> I was with Rod. Gil I was with Rod Gilbert on this show, and I was pretty starstruck. I, I, I remember going like, "I'm just a bit, you know, taken back." There's Mel B's there, and he was definitely. I've not seen Rod in a long time, and I don't know Rod too well. But I, 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 I will put it out there that he was lying—a weird, some sort of weird lie, where he was making out that he didn't know who Mel B was. Um, 
come on, no. No, you have to know Mel B. But then you have to waste. But then I, feel, I would say Rod's probably been diagnosed with the same illness as you. And, yes. Uh, yeah, and was probably thinking of something else as you said it. Yes, and was he was probably answering a question you asked him four hours ago. Uh, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, that's weird. That, but that at that age, like, it's funny that Spice Girls. It's good that you admitted that because not everyone would admit that. But at that age, now I heard a song of the Spice Girls just the other day on the radio, and I clearly remember thinking, I could. These, they're so catchy. I could see why at a young age you would love this. They're so catchy, the Spice Girls songs. Oh, I love. I, I, I still um. If Spice Girls was to come on, I would love it. I love. They're great. Spice yeah. Girls are great. Hey, you got to like. The Spice. I wouldn't admit it when I was younger. I'll admit now. Their songs. Their songs are catchy pop. Can't get around it. Yeah, I was much more comfortable with myself than you were. Yeah, clearly. No, no, I was it, putting up this pretense. Yeah. Uh, I'm into Nirvana and the Alternative Man. Yes, yeah. It's mainstream. They're ruining rock and roll, man. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm MTV2 till I die. <laughs> <laughs> but it's quite funny, though, because you're five year, about five or six years younger, I think. Than I'm 35. Than I don't know what oh, yeah, you're exactly doing. five years younger. So, um, so yeah, Oasis, wouldn't at that age, they would have been sort of on the way. Sort of that Britpop would be near the end, I suppose, by then. And Spice but- Girls, but you're still into them. Well, no, Spice Girls was 96 and only lasted for like a, you know, oh, yeah, couple sorry, of years. Yeah, primary school at the start, at the end yeah. of primary school. Oh, okay, sorry. So so everyone's into Oasis and Blur, but you were Spice Girls. <laughs> I was... <laughs> but that's weird, because that, well, the reason that's weird, you kind of went from Spice Girls not long after to Blink-182. Yeah. That's quite a leap, isn't it? There's some, yeah. Well, I suppose Blink-182 are, re- are really quite poppy. Some of it's poppy. Yes. Yeah. So I could see that. There's a, tr- well, there's a, tr- there, yeah, there's definitely a, um, I'm sure some sort of connection. I mean, like, I like catchy, catchy melody. And what, what Blink Quality 2 does is, is catchy melody. And what Spice Girls were doing was catchy melody. You know, I can't, I do, if you can't sort of sing along to it, I, do, I, do you know, I'll tell you something. This, oh God, I've got a couple, one of, I've got a couple, I've got a, couple of close friends and a few friends that are in bands and are really, really, really good musicians, right? Yeah. Musicians have the worst taste in music. They are the worst people to be in the company of when music is involved because we're, I'm not a musician, so all I want is some, you know, something to sing along to and to make me, you know, forget that I'm, uh, you know, stuck in a King's Cross and rush hour. Whatever yeah. it is, whatever yeah. it is. But, and, take you out but, of life, yeah. Take you out. I didn't want to go there, but basically help you forget that you're alive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right? And, uh, but they they listen to this just it's just noise and but they can hear they, they can hear that it's not noise they can hear all the stuff yeah. that i can't pick up all my brain can handle is all the small things true care true breed, like that's all i can deal with they're yeah. listening to jazz like i don't know what's going on here yeah who are you like I can't believe that I listen to it, and I, it's like I can't believe anyone 
likes the it's like it would be like for me it's like watching someone eat dog shit and and saying this is delicious right that's, and you're that's getting, a fair description it can't be it stinks yeah i um i what you said a minute ago then is quite a fa- we quite often it's funny isn't it how you use i like catchy songs and melody that i can sing along to and enjoy to justify liking music it's a weird thing that you have to i like things that make me feel good and that i like you shouldn't have to use that to justify liking a song i know i know i mean this is a podcast about music and people come on like jake lambert last week almost apologizing and i had to go mate i'm not doing this to claim I know loads. This isn't going to be me going on about jazz and stuff. Like, yes, I know everything. I'm just a general fan of music and interested in what other people... But it's funny how I do that still. Like, well, I just, I, I like the tune. Why, why should that be? Yeah, I know. Why should yeah. that be an explanation for liking a song? I always tell people, the f- if someone says, what do you listen to? The first thing I say is, I have terrible taste in music, just to put it out there. Yeah, before I'm attacked. Yeah, you're not, you're not the first person to do that on this. No, that's normally the intro. Yes, but I yeah. don't know why. And then they go and then they start. I mean, someone got quite annoyed with John Richardson saying he's got terrible taste in music, and then he mentioned loads of really cool alternative bands. <laughs> but then he did. He did. You're like this. He did mention that his daughter will have on this anno- annoying kids tune in the car that she'll play nine times. And then she'll fall asleep, and he'll put it on again for himself, <laughs> which very much sums him up. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's weird that that. Uh, yeah, it's a weird thing, and I, I'm guilty of it. I do it sometimes. Like I'm like, oh my god. I mean, you've got you, you've got to love elbow and blah blah, and try and be. I try and be more highbrow than I am. Yes, but yeah, but then if it's a catchy tune, it's a catchy tune. There's no getting around it. So. <laughs> I think Oasis and Blink-182, I think they have a very similar... uh, This isn't a new thought. I've thought this in the past. Yeah. Their music, they they do a very similar thing. Very... So all, you know, most of the songs are very simple, very catchy, and they have, uh, you know, very catchy melody. But what they... What Oasis and Blink-182 both do is they extend the vowels of the lines. Yeah. And that's what's, that's the thing that's really addictive. And you, I think Blink-182 could cover pretty much every Oasis song and it yeah. would sound great and sound like a Blink-182 song. And I think Oasis could also do the same. I think Oasis could sort of Oasis-y uh, yeah. a Blink-182 song. Look out for it next time you hear Blink-182. Imagine it as an Oasis song. It sort of works. That's a good. That's a good thing to do. I'll give that a go. I, do you know what? I think there might have been one of them. Do you know? Sometimes they play a tune, and then it cuts from one song to another. A mashup. Come yeah, on, mate. Come yeah, on. That, that's the word I could have used. And, uh, <laughs> you're not on. T- yeah, you're clearly not on Twitter. So mashup, not, mate. Not enough. Mash not up. enough. And, uh, but it'll it'll have a load of famous songs in a row, and they can just seamlessly go one into another because there's the same chords or the same melody. Yes. I think there might have been one that was Oasis, then it was Travis, Blink-182, Green Day. I think it might have been Blink-182. But, yeah, I can imagine that. That would make sense. But that is a good that is a good description. Uh, I like it when people describe music as addictive, because it is, isn't it? 
Yes. And I think it's, I don't know if it is as much now. Do you remember when, when you couldn't get it on Spotify and all that and it was just on MTV2 and you had to wait for that cycle? If they've played it now, that means it ain't going to be on for about another 45 minutes. You go away and come back. Well, the worst is when you would, you know, you would turn over to the channel and the name of the band, yeah, you know what I'm yeah, saying, yeah. the name of the band and the song would be on the screen and you'd think, I've just got it, but it was the end of the song. Yeah, 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 you know? I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bet, yeah, yeah. you're like, oh, yeah, oh, no, no, no. So that means I've got at least another hour before that's on. Precisely. And it, But you only had a bit in your head that stuck in your, that's good, I didn't realise that, that where they extend the valves. That is well, I always just do that, don't they? Yeah, yeah. Liam does that with like all of the lines that sort of shine. Yeah, and so so right shine, and then you take Tom DeLong shine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a good yeah. description. So, um, but what did your um? So, what did your? Because uh, you grew up in London. No, no, you were born in London. Well, yeah, I, was, I, I, I sort of grew up in, yeah, I was, uh, yeah, I bred, bred in Brighton, ele- 11 onwards. See, Brighton's one of, I like describing them places as, I'd say, East London, Liverpool, Manchester, Brighton, the kind of place where you would regularly see a man walk down the street with a guitar and a guitar case. Oh, like, God, yeah. Like he's on the way to rehearse or he's on the way to record. And a unicycle. <laughs> no, that's just Brighton. That's just Brighton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, yeah. his guitar one-handed on a unicycle. Yeah. And a, and a monocle. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's Gardner Street. Uh, uh, upper. I got off at Brighton uh, the other day. I was doing a show. And I turned into the lanes. And there was a man with a waxed moustache that went out, you know, past yeah. the side of his face and um, had a monocle and was smoking a pipe. Oh, it's a big three, isn't it? He's gone. Legend. He's gone the big three. Yeah. Wow. God. Yeah. He's probably, you know, he probably just works in Costa. <laughs> <laughs> He's in a chain. He's not even independent coffee. Um, <laughs> I saw the opposite of that in many ways. I was in Bristol the other day and I, I loved it. I saw a man yeah. with a Great bike. Uh, he had a bike. He was quite a scruffy-looking man. It was quite a normal bike. It wasn't like a cool bike or anything like that. And he was pouring a can of Stella into his bike bottle. You know the bottle that you put on the frame? That's so funny. A can of Stella. That'll taste awful in plastic. That's fantastic. So he's riding along, drinking like he's in the Tour de France, and it's Stella. What a man. I wanted to follow him. You know, you like you must have been like that when you saw the man with the Tash monocle, the big the big three. What was it? Tash monocle and uh, um smoking a pipe. Smoking a pipe, the big three. Yes. I bet, you, I bet you thought, oh I've got to get to a gig, but I wanna I wanna know a day of his life. I need to follow this man. I'm just happy to be home. It's Brighton is like a it's like um it's like a, it's like Glastonbury without tents. It's buildings oh, instead of tents. Nice. It's sort of like it's just yeah. Glastonbury. It's great. It, it it really like I think Mickey Flanagan he had that great line, didn't he? As you walk down the hill in Brighton, that voice yeah. in your brain goes, "I might go part time." Like, that was so good. <laughs> that really sums it up. So good. But it that's a as a place to grow up. It is a place <laughs> where you would regularly see, I imagine, people in bands walking around. 
music's around us, quite a lot of live little gigs around Brighton. I didn't do any of that though. I was I by the time we were old enough to you you know go and see bands and stuff. I was the weirdo stand that up. would. You'd have been doing stand up too busy, I imagine, were you? Well, no, not yet. But I was the weirdo that was going to comedy, so I would go and what I would go to the comedian on my own, oh, and, really? and 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 a lot of the time with friends. But if if they couldn't go to the comedian, then I would that I wouldn't matter to me. I would still go on my own and watch. To the point where I love this that I would turn up and the bouncers recognise me as the weird kid that would come on his own to watch the comedy and just let me in. Ah, oh, how old were you then? About 18? 18, yeah. Ah, oh, you go to the comedy on your own and the bouncers go on, in you go. Yeah, it's that oh, weird lovely. kid. That I was that in Edinburgh. I went to Edinburgh on my own at 18 and just went around watching shows. Been in wow. late live and I was too polite to push in barge in at the bar and get served. Okay. And I waited so long at the bar, I missed three acts. Oh my God. Yeah. But, um, so I don't, I think that as alternative as, as music can be, it, no matter what it is, I don't think it's as alternative as, as comedy. I think oh, comedy is like, comedy is for the real misfits. It's, yeah. It's the people that completely, that can't even go to see, that don't even feel comfortable at the alternative music gig. <laughs> That's it's a big statement and I like it and you're standing by it. Co comedy is for people that can't even be in a weird band. You, totally. Yeah, musicians think they're weird. Yeah, but mate, you can still be around other musicians. We can't even do that. We have to be totally. on our own. To absolutely think that. And I stand oh, by that. And I think that... I like it. Well, look at that. If you even... Yeah. yeah I, you know, the the audience... The, the, the audience members that you perhaps sometimes... Uh, certainly in your earlier days when you're... You know, the gigs are smaller. And, you know, there are people that... Recurring audience members. Yeah. You know, that... <sighs> I don't know. How, God, I don't know how to make this not offensive, but I mean it in a. I mean it in a not. I mean it with love, and I mean it in a nice way because I feel like them. It's just I. I'm doing it, but yeah. they're not the coolest people. No, what you mean in a gig stand up? So the, the comedy, the people that the sort yeah. of comedy, the people that keep coming back to comedy yeah. because they're they love the comedy. Coolest. They're not the coolest people. No. No, that's meant, that's meant we're love. Yes, that's meant we're love. And so, and you were one of them. And I was yeah, totally, one of them. totally, absolutely. I think it's quite weird. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's weird because I'm, I look like I'm in a band. I, 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 uh, I understand that, but it, it's so weird. And you don't, you don't look how you. I don't know about you, but I certainly don't. I think there's a lot of. Oh, this is going to turn into a therapy session now. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of misconceptions about. You know, I don't, I'm, I'm not, and it's one of the things that I find difficult with stand-up is, is trying to explain to an audience that I'm not really what I look like. I know I, know I look shambolic and stuff, but it comes with so much doing comedy. You know, you're here because of so many insecurities and so many, you're frightened. And, so, and it's sort of the only way to deal with talking to people is is actually to 
to get rid of the other person that might be in the conversation <laughs> and go, the only way I can really probably have this conversation is if I just say it into a microphone to loads of people that can't say anything back. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is supposed to be a podcast about music, but you've just perfectly summarised stand-up. <laughs> That'll do. <laughs> I uh, that's. Do you know what I was? Uh, I was thinking the other. You put it nicer, but I was thinking that's why it's so upsetting and depressing for comedians when you do a really hard gig that is full of proper mainstream people that don't normally go to comedy. Comedians look like they're being arseholes and that by being annoyed about those gigs, but it's mainly because. This is what I didn't feel a part of, and now I've got to stand and talk to them. Mm, you know, yeah. where it looks like an all-bar one with a microphone. It's just oh like my geezers God. and lads and like big bunches of women, and they're all people that feel comfortable around each other and comfortable to talk out loud in a room and ruin a show. And you're like, oh, this is why I did stand up, to not be around this. Well, I feel, uh, yeah, I feel I get that. I do get that. I know what you're talking about. I get it more with... I did Ballon the other day. I love Banana, and I, yeah. I love everyone involved in Banana. It's fantastic. And I had a great gig with with Kerry uh, Marks there, and, and, and a wonderful time. We, we, we had to go back the next week. The sort of run... The gigs were a bit disjointed because of the football. And the audience, there was, there was a table in the front row, and the guy just looked... He just, maybe he wasn't, but he just looked public school and he looked tall and the glasses and the hair and the chinos and the, the yeah. shoes with the no socks or the brightly coloured socks that, yeah. you know, to show that actually he is a bit wacky. And, and, I, and, and I, those, those are the gigs that I feel most uncomfortable at. When I feel like all these people have loads of money and, and were brought up with loads of money and, and are all educated and all went to university and, and seemingly, I mean, everyone's life is... You know, life's not easy, I'm sure, for everyone, and we've all got our own backstory. But that that's the one where I feel the most uncomfortable. I, oh, is I it where I feel like I'm playing to to people with power. People of power, I feel yeah. very... But I don't do corporates. I can't do corporates and I don't do corporates because I can't be in a situation with people that that sort of just earn loads of money. And like I sort of had fantastic lives compared to my upbringing i can't talk to you i can't yeah. i just can't, i just feel like i've got absolutely nothing in common with you and you're making me incredibly uncomfortable yeah <laughs> i know what you mean because i think someone's had a line there's been different lines about that about when you do gigs in nice areas you're like why, why are you even at comedy you should just be at home looking at your house <laughs> yes totally yeah. Comedy, comedy is for people who need to laugh at how shit things are. Things aren't shit for you. Totally. That's it, isn't it? Yeah. Totally. So, and you're, and, and you sort of, you know, and, and you sort of get the sense of like, and these are, you know, this is all going on in my head. This might not be happening in, happening in reality at all, but I feel like, you know, some this guy that was looking at me, and I had to turn. I had to turn away from him. I had to put my back to him <laughs> know, because yeah. the voices in my head were getting so much louder that I was finding it hard to concentrate on what I was actually saying. Yeah. That, that like, you you just want me to deconstruct what it is I'm doing. You'll think that's clever, that yeah. if I deconstruct what it is I'm doing and I signal that that was a callback and I signal this and I signal that, well, that's not clever. 
me saying, I could do all of that now. That's what you want me to do so that you feel clever and you feel cleverer than everyone else. But it's not. Yeah. It's much harder to come up here and just do the act. And you know what? You know what's upsetting for you as well? What would have been perfect if you <laughs> could have walked off stage to Blink-182? <laughs> <laughs> If, I, if only you had a button that any gig you could have walking off of that. I know. But uh, Sean, it has been bloody brilliant talking to sorry, you. We, sorry, we didn't talk, sorry we didn't talk much about music. Um, we did. Okay. My favourite song is, um, I'll just tell you my favourite song, is probably a song called um, Ghost on the Dance Floor by Blink-182. There you go. Oh, love. What a way to end. Well, I mean, it'd be good now if we could play that. What's the name of the song? That's uh, just the swearing at the end. Oh, yeah. That's Family Reunion. Family Reunion. Oh, just play out to that. But uh, <laughs> I'm using that on my next tour. But uh, it's been great talking to you, Sean. Thank you very much, mate. Pleasure. A podcast from producer Paul.co.uk. Have you ever Googled your own name? Prepare for a shock because your personal info, including addresses and phone numbers, is all out there. It's all harvested by data brokers and sold legally. Aura is a personal digital security service that scans the internet for your sensitive information and provides a full suite of privacy-enhancing tools. For a limited time, Aura is offering listeners a 14-day free trial at Aura.com safety. That's A-U-R-A dot safety to learn more and activate the 14-day trial period.